like a diamond in the sky. Take my hand, no, no, don't let go. Dive with me into river flow. Jump inside, you will see the way you are, you choose to be. Deeper and deeper, round and round we go. Oh, into the mystery, and so we grow. Little dreamer, empty your cup. Watch the world come and fill it up. Not too loose, no, not too tight, just breathe, it'll be... Good morning, you're listening to Lift Your Spirits with Dina Marie. Every Friday here on 1150 AM KKNW, I'll be introducing you to fascinating people, fun places to visit, and activities that are guaranteed to lift your spirits. We have all of those in this hour's show, and that is Clint McEwen, Little Dreamer. Actually, Dreamer in the Deep. Dreamer in the Deep? Yes, to Thank be official. You, You're welcome. We, Dreamer in the Deep, mm-hmm. and it's ClintHewnMusic.com. Uh, he's been on the show, and he did that in the studio. That was. That was a live studio uh, back in the day when we could do that. <laughs> uh, I'm sure we will return to it someday, uh, and hopefully we can have him return and, and have some maybe uh, new music. I'm sure he's working on something. He's always working on something. Yeah. Well, he's living on Orcas Island. Bless his beautiful heart. We're island um, people. <laughs> it's a great stage for writing. Yeah, well, today I am Zooming because I decided not to go in, and I can see how people would get addicted to staying at home in their pajamas. <laughs> right? Wow. It's a skill to get your body out the door and physically show up, so I will be in the studio next week, and I have a Marla Williams joining me, and she's going to be doing the first Friday come April, so we'll be getting her started. Um, pretty excited for that. And People, places, and activities that lift your spirits. And I love fascinating people. And I have to say, around December, I was get, getting a little bit down. I call my show Lift Your Spirits for a reason. Low spirits, when they, they take hold, they can kind of drag you under. And I asked Spirit, you know, what can I do? Because <laughs> I started entertaining some negative stuff from the news. And, and my higher self, inner voice, small, still voice said, uh, expand your light and everything will be all right. And what I realized, if I do the things I love, which is be with my my family, my grandkids, uh, spend time in mother nature, those things expand my light. I know that, but sometimes I need to be reminded. And so that quiet time with myself is when I get the aha moments. And that's when I, I get to see the light and then I expand my light and then everything starts to change around me. And uh, at, at that time, about two weeks later, I saw a book called You Are the Light. And it's the secrets of the sages made simple. Simple's good, right? <laughs> we definitely need simple. And the author is Muz Murray, and he's joining us from Portugal. Good morning, Muz. Oh, oh yeah. Good morning to you. And it's it's tea time here, the other side of the world. Half <laughs> past four, ten past four. <laughs> well, happy tea time to you. I always forget. I love. I do love the Zoom because of this. Because we can travel the world and. I think they might have predicted this and we were supposed to be doing it in our minds and, and time traveling, but we're doing it here through Zoom and it's it's really amazing. So Muzz, I would like to, um, first of all, 
go back into your life and, and talk a little bit about you when uh, you were finding your way? And can you just tell your story about your travels and how you uh, you found your life? Can you tell that story? Yes. Um, well, uh, as a teenager, uh, I was dissatisfied with, with my life and I, I wanted to know more about myself and about the world. And so just with 80 pounds in my pocket, I decided to set off and hitchhike around the world. And uh, it took me um, two months to get as far as Israel, uh, where I had to stay for a year um, to earn money in various jobs, like uh, drilling for copper in King Solomon's mines, training elephants in the zoo, painting scenery in the theatre and singing in a nightclub. <laughs> and uh, at the, as I'd saved up then to move on, uh, one nightclub owner asked me to go and uh, sing in his club for more money. And the first nightclub owner was very annoyed about that, so he told the police that I'd overstayed my permit, which I had, and so I had to get out of Israel very quickly uh, to avoid being arrested. And so I shot over, uh, but I had all my money stolen at that point, and I was only left with £7.50 in my pocket, and I took a ship to Cyprus. And there I was stuck at a crossroads in my life. I didn't know where to go or what to do, and I really wanted to go to India but there was no way I could get to India on £7.50 from there. And I thought, um, maybe uh, the only place I could earn some money would be in Kenya, which is about 3,000 miles down Africa. But how could I get there on that, that money? Anyway, um, that evening, I was sitting uh, on a bollard on the quayside watching the sun go down and something happened which changed the whole course of my life. I, I suddenly had this very weird feeling that a ghostly hand was creeping up the back of my neck and placing a liquid or ghostly brain on top of mine and my consciousness appeared to expand from my body outwards across the ocean, across the land, out into space. And suddenly I found myself everywhere in the universe at the same time. And I was everything in the universe at the same time. And wherever my body was, my cellular system was recording all the things that I was being shown. I was getting knowledge from the universe, um, it, things which I could never find out by myself. In fact, I found things, I understood things that only 50 years later that quantum scientists were just beginning to discover. And I didn't have any mind at that point, but it would have been blown if it had, and, but suddenly mind came back in and I said, my God, this is what people call God 
without having any idea about what God is. And um, of course, with that, my consciousness began to shrink back into my my normal being, and I, I came down back into my, my body. And I realized at that point that everything that I'd understood beforehand was simply information, and this was knowledge with a capital K, but I didn't have any idea what the hell happened to me. And I was desperate to find somebody who understood uh, what that was. Anyway, uh, the only boat I could get um, for the, the money I had left was to Alexandra in Egypt. So I went to Egypt and somehow I got to, uh, to Cairo and um, put myself into a little pension with no idea how, how I could pay for it. And eventually, after some time, I managed to get myself a job as the head designer for Cairo Television. And while I was working there, I went to the British Library, uh, a haven out of the chaos of Cairo, and I read every book on spirituality and religion that I could find. I read the Bible, the Zendavesta, the Bhagavad Gita, anything I could get my hands on, until I found a book called Cosmic Consciousness by Dr. Maurice Buck, who was a friend of Walt Whitman and a psychiatrist in a mental hospital in Canada. And he explained exactly what had happened to me and what had happened to everyone else as far back as he could discover where this experience had changed their lives and changed the lives of others who came into contact with them. So for once, my intellect was satisfied, which had been totally bypassed by the experience. And so I knew I wasn't going mad. Not that I thought for a moment, but my intellect thought <laughs> there must be something uh, crazy here. Uh, but it really stabilized my, my consciousness before I was like a leaf on the wind. And this, from that moment, I had a stable core in my, in my body or in my psyche, I should say. Um, and... Uh, so I worked there for five months and then decided to hitchhike all the way down Africa, well, down to Kenya, and had lots of very scary adventures with uh, bandits shooting at me and locust swarms and uh, poison darts, uh, knife attacks, you name it. <laughs> and so um, that's why these guys, these days, the... Uh, mind, body, and spirit media call me the Indiana Jones of yoga. <laughs> That's a good name. And do you think, do you feel that because you were a wanderer, because you were a nomad, and because you were moving about freely, that opened you up to the cosmic consciousness or that 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 moment? I, I think it might have been the despair, really, um, or the 
lack of certainty on what the hell can I do from now? I've got no money. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. It, it, come, it comes to a very low point, And then there's only up from there. <laughs> and I mean, before that, I had no idea of spirituality. I had no idea of yoga. I had never taken drugs. Um, so it was a natural experience, completely out of the blue. And it was just my time after a lot of deprivations to awaken. And you and I were talking about nature and how important it is um, to both of us. And you said you used to, you know, watch the forest wake up. Do you think that has something to do with your... Yes, I, 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 I suspect that I was some kind of nature mystic by uh, my own inner feeling because I, I used to go out to a, a forest uh, in the pre-dawn and sit there wrapped in a blanket and listen to the forest waking up. And then I would go there at uh, in the evening and listen to the forest going to sleep and watching a foxhole at the same time. And uh, one night suddenly there was a hot breath on the back of my neck which freaked me out completely. I jumped and it turned out to be an inquisitive cow that came to see what I was up to. <laughs> That's the, I think for me through this, at least the last year for sure, I know that nature is, is the, the most healing place for me. And that's, I, I love what you're saying because I wanted to get up early this morning, but it's super cold, but I do hear the birds, the new birds that are coming through. And when this started, I was sitting at home by myself in April and all I could get was, uh, and I drew a picture and it, and it says, go to the trees because I was getting really depressed. I was getting down. I felt hopeless. And the other thing my inner voice told me was, to follow your heart. And those are the two things I wrote and it's in crayon, but those are the things that I've been doing and going to the trees. What, what does it do for us? What does nature do for us? It heals. The nature is conscious. It knows like cats know what we need. And the trees in part the conscious energy without um, sentience, but it's, a, it's an embrace. Trees especially embrace you. Um, that's why people love to hug trees. There, there is something very stilling, stilling about trees that goes into your heart. And now more than ever, I feel it before I, I, I knew it, but now I'm feeling it. And even uh, watching a sunset or going to the beach is much different than the energy I get from a, from a forest. And because I'm surrounded by the forest now, for me, it's personally getting harder <laughs> to, to leave the trees. I, I, I feel it so much and I feel comforted and I feel nurtured and it's almost like the womb a little bit. So I, I like, I'm really glad that I didn't drive in today because I'm going to go for a walk in the woods after the show, you know, those are the things that, that lift my spirits. Um, so 
in in these these changing times, let's 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 talk about your book. How did your book come about? Um, well, this is really the fermentation of fifty years of understanding what happened to me in the cosmic conscious experience, and um, I wanted to do something for the world that was so disturbed at the present time to help people understand what the real essence of existence is about and their place in the whole uh, energy field of the planet. And what happened actually was that I was invited as a delegate to a conference in the Middle East in, in, um, in Israel for um, peace in the, in the Middle East uh, through yoga. And the master of ceremonies uh, was telling us at the end of the, the program, as a wind-up, um, that um, he was about to give a talk in an old folks' home when an old lady in a wheelchair rolled down the aisle and looked up at him piteously and said like a little child, please, have you come to take me home? And when that happened, I was suddenly stricken to the heart because I remembered a time when my father took me to an orphanage. He had some business um, with the, the um, director because my dad was an entertainment agent and he was going to do a show for, for the orphanage. And um, while he was talking to the director, I was standing in the corridor and this little boy came up to me and he put his hand in mine and he said, uncle, have you come to take me home? And <laughs> even now I choke up and I weep when, when I, I, I think of this. And his, his request burned into my soul. And it wasn't until I heard this uh, master of ceremonies tell his story about this old lady in the wheelchair that it all came back to me. And I suddenly realized my life's purpose. And I got up and I took the microphone with tears pouring down my face and I said to 600 people in the audience that I realized that ever since that happened, I had tried to take people home. And my book is one of the ways I hope to do it. And I always say there's no place like home. Uh, and, and that's what your book did for me. I was you know, it, I do struggle. I, I, I walk, I don't watch the news, but when I, I see it like in the paper, when I go to the grocery stores, it hurts. It hurts me to see what's going on. Um, that's probably why I spend most of my time with nature because it's easy, easier on my eyes, but it's, it's hard to, to get away from it. But uh, when I started reading your book, it opened my heart again. And, and like you finding that book in the library and making you not feel crazy, <laughs> you know, because, you know, we do feel odd sometimes. And it just, it it felt like you took me home and it, I felt like no places like, oh man, I'm reading your book almost um, like I can't get enough of it. Uh, and, and 
it, that's that's a good thing for me because you came in at a time where I needed a little um, energy. I needed a boost. I needed some light in my life. And now when I uh, uh, wake up, you know, in the middle of the night and I, I used to be very, uh, I didn't think, I just breathed. I listened to the rain. I, you know, lately I've been thinking again and reading your book is helping me be more aware of how we can get into that place where we can overthink and, and make ourselves actually sick, uh, especially when it comes to fearful thoughts and uh, those other places we can go in our mind. And so I'm thanking you for somehow that book getting to me. Thank you so, so very much. Thank you. So many readers are saying the same thing, that it, it, it reaches their heart. And I say, well, it's the experience of my heart coming directly to your heart. And so it speaks, speaks to people on a, a very deep level. And gradually they understand what is the most important things in existence for, for them. Well, and it's, it's very easy. And it's the kind of book where I used to have like an angel book or a thought for the day book. And it's one of those books, which are the, the books that I keep next to my bedside. So if you're having one of those days and you need your spirits lifted, you can just open it up and maybe just read the first thing you see. And it, it may be the thing that you actually need at that very moment. Yes. Well, I, I, I planned it out uh, alphabetically from A to Z and um, people can dip into it anywhere. But I have to say there is a golden thread which goes all the way through the book and if they read from the beginning to the end slowly they will imbibe um, the deeper understanding of Advaita, um, the understanding of the sages um, and comprehension of how the world really is. And I can sense that. I can sense that. I can sense that weave. Uh, and, and it is almost building up because some people might not understand it. Uh, for me, I feel I, I had that same experience when I was younger. It was it was really scary and I had no one to talk about it to. And I did think I was a little bit crazy or mad until I did stumble across a few books. And actually, they were given to me. I, I didn't even expect to get these books at 18 a bookstore had closed and I got a box full of books and they made me feel sane. They made me feel like maybe I knew things that other people hadn't caught up with yet. So um, I really um, feel that it's a multiverse and people are drawn to each other. And I just feel really blessed that you, you and I have been drawn to each other. And I want to talk a little bit. You have some really nice videos um, that I, I, I want to talk about after the break. Uh, very informational for, for what people need right now. So we're going to take our first break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Lift Your Spirits with Dina Marie. Okay. Lift your spirits with me, Dina Marie, and join the Our Energy Matters online community today. You will experience classes and one-on-one -on -one conversations with me that will inspire you to live life to the fullest in these changing times. 
Learn more about yourself and how to expand your energy, plus have fun in the process. Every month, I will highlight one of our Our Energy Matters members as a guest on Lift Your Spirits Radio. For more information, visit me, Dina Marie, at dina-marie.com. 2021 is your year to shine. Tune in every third Friday on Lift Your Spirits Radio at 8 a.m. for the Sustainability Sessions with host Rebecca Sayer. Learn from and be inspired by local leaders, thinkers, and problem solvers who are tackling the sustainable living questions through invention, collaboration, and hard work. This lively and thought-provoking show focuses on tangible, practical measures that we can all take to reduce our carbon footprint and rethink how we relate to the resources of our natural world. Don't forget, that's the Sustainability Sessions with host Rebecca Sayer, every third Friday on Lift Your Spirits Radio at 8 a.m. Are you planning your next move? We know it can be stressful, but at a swift move, you can relax and leave the work to us. You can put your mind at ease that your personal items will be safe throughout the entire moving process. To get a free quote from licensed professionals so you can compare and save, call us at 425-309-0577. That's 425-309-0577. So make your next move a swift one and give us a call. Lift your spirits with us every Friday at 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. on 1150 a.m. KKNW Seattle. We will be introducing you to fascinating people, fun places to visit, and activities are guaranteed to lift your spirits. Miss a show? No worries. You can visit 1150kknw.com and click on our archive page or like Lift Your Spirits with Dina Marie on Facebook for upcoming guests and events. To contact me, Dina Marie, visit dina-marie.com. Thank you so much for listening. Alternative Talk 1150, the talk of the sound. Oh, into the mystery. And so we grow. Little dreamer, empty your cup. Watch the world come and fill it up. Thank you for joining us this morning. You're listening to Lift Your Spirits with Dina Marie. And joining me this morning is Muzz Murray. He is the author of You Are the Light, Secrets of the Sages Made Simple. And he's joining us from Portugal at Welcome back, Muzz. Thank you. Well, I was just, I got addicted to some of your um, your uh, videos on your website. And there were some that really, really talked to me. We don't have enough time to talk about all the ones that really uh, opened me up. But uh, you, you were mentioning uh, fear and, and, and thoughts. And then you said, you cannot afford a negative thought. They'll bring you down. And again, last night I started thinking about things and about the world, about, you know, maybe my personal life and things got a little bit out of control. And then I call it real, reel myself in. I had to reel myself in back to that own state. And I started listening to the wind and the rain and then my body relaxed and I went back to sleep. So what, what, what can you tell the listeners about what happens when you entertain fear? Well, we we have to stand, understand that it is, it is not really me that is depressed. It is the notional I that is depressed. But are you the I? You need to take the stance of asking yourself, what is this I up to today, up to today? What is it feeling? Experiment for yourself, and you'll realize that there's a consciousness that is aware of the thoughts that you attach to the I. That consciousness, which is presently in the background, 
which is watching the up and down attitudes of the eye, is exactly what you are. Why should you believe what the eye appears to think? You didn't have an eye until about the third year of life. This is an imposition on your consciousness to which all your centripetal forces uh, accrue. You, if you don't have a metabolic medical condition, if you're not ill or you're crippled or diseased, then what is at present is fine. The external world is only mirroring your thoughts, especially if they're frightening or depressing from absorbing the daily dose of bad news, which is all the media promotes, promotes for the sake of their ratings. But neither the news nor the depression is a reflection of what actually is. And without having a clinical condition, depression becomes a matter of choice. It's choosing to live in your past history as an excuse for your miserable state of mind in the present. And as you think down as thoughts, all your life energies will run in those channels like water seeking its lowest level. And what's happening on the planet is only reflecting a similar way of thinking by the majority of people. Consensus fear and misery is a mental choice especially when we buy into what the controlling media wants us to believe. Depression only occurs to the inverse ego, the poor me attitude, while the extrovert ego is full, so full of itself, it has no room for it or any concern for others. But without either aspect of this unreal and phantom ego consciousness, depression can't exist. You just can't afford to wallow in depressive thoughts. You need to replace depressive thoughts as soon as you feel them rising before they take hold. Such thoughts are only like passing emotional weather in the clear blue sky of consciousness. If you identify with your permanent state, the sky, your true state of being, and not the weather, your thoughts and emotions. You are not your thoughts, so don't identify with them. Become rock-like in your resolve to refuse all mental wallowing. If thoughts are too insistent, chant a mantra like Om Namah Shivaya, or I, as I suggest in my book, visualize the sun shining in the center of your being. And Utilize the practice of sun-conscious breathing with the image of an expanding and contracting sun in your breast in tune with the rhythm of the breath. You visualize the sun expanding on the in-breath and diminishing on the out-breath. Wake up with it in the morning before your head's off the pillow. Be sure to visualize the inner sun and keep the feeling of it radiating from your eyes all day long. As one practice I suggest is to look in the mirror in the morning before you go out and say, I am the light that shines from my eyes. Beautiful, beautiful. I always say, uh, change your tune, right? You change your tune. And then my grandma used to say, you got mad in those pants, you can get glad in those pants. And it's just 
a changing of, of the song, you know, turning the record over to something a little bit, and you know the difference and you're talk, you talk about feelings. You, you, if you're listening to your heart, which is what they told me to do, and it seems silly, but to listen to your heart about how you feel and, and what they said to me is expand your light, everything will be all right. So to spend time doing the things that I enjoy and how many people spend time maybe all day doing things they just don't want to be doing. Yes, actually, if you um, remember the feeling of your dreams at night, dreams show you exactly how you feel, how you've hidden your feelings from yourself. In the daytime, we try to stifle the feelings so that we don't be troubled by them. But all the images in a dream are images of how you actually feel. So if you're aware, you will understand what your real feeling is by the feeling of the dream itself. And that's, and watching your dreams is, is, I just did a class on it and it really helped me remind myself of what's going on in my dreams. I feel like when you, you dream, you, you pass away and you're born again every day. We leave our bodies, we come back, we're in physical form. Uh, what's your thoughts on that? Uh, or do you think life is just one big dream? Absolutely. This is what all the great sages come to realize that, like Shakespeare said, life is the stuff that dreams are made of. And uh, quantum scientists have come to the same conclusion. They've become mystics when they've discovered that there is no solid matter anywhere in the universe. There is only smaller and smaller particles, electrons, neutrons, protons, quarks, hadrons, neutrinos, and right down to tiniest of wavelengths that disappear into waves and then reappear as particles every second, every millisecond, so that in fact there is absolutely nothing there at all. Um, the, because our perceptive mechanism of the, the brain waves, brain, uh, brain, brain frequency we are on, we see a world as if it's solid, just the same as there are radio waves and TV waves everywhere in the atmosphere. And we're breathing all that stuff in all the time. It's penetrating us. But unless there is an antenna which picks up a radio frequency or a visual frequency of a TV, all those particles don't appear. Um, they appear on your TV screen as solid because you have the right frequency. When you have a different frequency, you don't even see this world. So, yes, there's multiple dimensional, there's all kinds of things going on. And, and I just, if people can even just grasp that, just grasp what you just said. Uh, and I was asking you about past lives and uh, because I, I do see these past lives and people are always asking me, so how do you see these past lives? And I said, well, 
now you described it to me. You say it's a dream. It's in a dream. And, and that's what I say. As soon as you start thinking, if you start seeing the pictures in your mind like a dream and you don't think and you just be, it's like going to the movies. And is that a good way to describe it? Because that's how I, after talking to you, I feel like, but as soon as people start overthinking or they start interrupting this, this dream, then it's lost. Does that make, I'm asking you because I don't know if that makes sense. I just thought about it after talking to you in the woods while I was walking. Does that make sense? Yes. Well, it's the same as when you come out of this dream world we're in now and you go into the bardo, the plane between death and supposedly new life. This world seems like a dream and you can't remember it. When I... I was killed by my uh, medical doctor guru in India while I had a fever and he put acupuncture in my ankle, in my knee, in my thigh, in my wrist, in my shoulder, and one acupuncture needle in my temple, which was like a horse needle. And I could feel death spreading out from that needle and my head, became solid like concrete and my jaw locked and between gritted teeth I said you better take this needle out otherwise I'm going unconscious and I was gone and happily he caught me before I hit the ground or otherwise all these needles would have been driven into my body and I found myself crossing a huge arch right across the universe following some Pied Piper character and some people following him and I stopped because I, I was suddenly shocked I didn't know how I got there and I didn't know where I came from and then uh, I started to get worried uh, but my mantra came into consciousness and I started repeating the mantra and that kind of consolidated me and gave me an anchor and I felt it pulling me back down into my body and as I entered the body I heard the doctor shouting quick quick get the electric shock machine his heart stopped his heart stopped and this Indian this is in a in an ashram in, in Rishikesh in India and this Indian uh, attendant came up and he took one look at my blue corpse and he promptly fainted so he was there with these two bodies and I said it's all right I'm coming back he said oh my god I, said, I was so happy to hear your voice otherwise in a few minutes more I would have had to throw your body into the Ganges Oh no. And, and you know what you, you said, anchor, you anchored, you, you came back. And I see that uh, my son had something happen to him and, and that's what he, he felt an anchor. Like it was his voice, a calming something, but it did bring him back. And without that anchor, do you think you just would have slipped away? Um, yeah. So I, I think I might've gone unconscious again, or I may have continued to drift up this, this rock arch right across the universe to some unknown end. And I, I have to bring this up. I, I see people and I feel like some of us were trained in 
past lives as temple workers or uh, for me i believe i was a hospice worker and i communicated with the unconscious to ask them if it was time for them to pass and in that lifetime i was a, a vow of I silence I, I never spoke in that life except for people who were comatose really and i would help them pass if it was their time and so I feel some people's higher chakras, thanks to you, chakras are just in tuned or more open. And, you know, other people, maybe they spent lives, you know, as farmers, which is great. You know, they're in the, the trenches, they're in the fields in these physical bodies doing physical things. Um, and so we come back and we have to find, um, we don't have to do anything, honestly, but to, to find some balance. And maybe I need to be more grounded and, and be more of the earth um, and, and, does, does that kind of sound for me you're you're I think you're my teacher so I, hopefully we, we we continue our conversation later on but did, does that make sense yes yes well it's the alternate chakra which is over overworking which allows them to have those kind of experiences um so it's it's uh, not so balanced as having all the chakras in alignment which is for the total health of the body that's why I teach the, the bija mantras or the seed mantras for each chakra, which um, uh, energizes each chakra to its proper uh, vibratory frequency. Um, and, and yeah, all, yes. all, all those chakras are in balance, and that's what I teach too, is I need to be in the earth. I need to be outside. I, I live in my head a lot. So it's, it's maybe people that live in their head a lot get a lot of... Um, visions and and this stuff is super easy for them and then for other people it's difficult to to comprehend but you know we can shift um be more um aware uh and then and then teach ourselves all these different aspects of the, the chakras um and and what i was thinking about you and i about our maybe our past lives in, in temples or, or knowing this stuff and it comes naturally that we it's very important for us to uh, get out of the way of people so that they can find their own, um, have their own cosmic conscious opening. Um, but we're teachers, but we can't do it for them. So I was, we, I was trying to get to the Moses story, <laughs> you know, about trying to do the work for people who maybe need to do the work them, for themselves. Yes, well, that's why I use mantra for this, because um, when... I, I use a tantric form of mantra practice and very uh, en energetic. And at the end of a session, when we stop, it plunges the people immediately into a state similar to samadhi or the God conscious state, which is a state where there is no movement of mental waves whatsoever. So it gives them the taste of the place that they should be trying to achieve. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I, I was lately. I've been realizing this, this, this lockdown, this uh, isolation time for me, is it's important for me to just be, and be with me. <laughs> And really, I see a lot of things I'd like to get passionate about. I'd like to go out and march and have people, you know, follow me. And and I feel like we're going in the wrong direction. But I have my inner voice saying it's none of my business. People need to learn on their own. And it's not for me to 
try to save people anymore. And my kids are doing so much better because I'm not interfering. And I just think the Moses story to me, because I woke up thinking about it and you said you had a Moses story is that we do want to, to, to make people um, aware and conscious and, and, and get them there quicker. Uh, and yet sometimes we're enabling them and, and they're, we're slowing their progress. And I just thought of Moses, you know, helping people out of the desert. They were in slavery. It was a horrible life. And then he needs some time to go and reflect. He comes back and it's a mess. <laughs> so was it a good thing that Moses took him out of the, out of slavery? Do you think? Sorry? You think it was a good idea for Moses to lead them out of slavery? No, no, I, I, I don't think it was a good idea at all because they didn't have any business to go into what is now Israel. There's already people living there and they went in and killed them all. And look what's happened now. <laughs> well, yeah, we could go on for that. That's a whole nother perspective too because you're, yeah, I mean, inter interfering with other people's karma or interfering with other people's path or purpose and and when i was at the labyrinth it said dina this is your life your journey and, yeah, right. and and as the people walked by me it was their life and their journey and then they also said no one said it would be easy so but, uh, yeah uh, moses went on holiday with all these israelites uh, with his agents and they arrived at the red sea and uh, moses said where's the boats and the, the agents said you didn't ask me to order any boats so, Moses said, what do you expect me to do? Hit a rock with my staff and the water's open and we all walk across. And his agent said, you do that, my son, and I'll get you four pages in the Old Testament. <laughs> and then he did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, you know, and it's funny, again, in my dream state, that's where I came up with this Moses thing. I woke up with it and it was, it was enlightening. It was like, it made sense to me. And it's just the universe or whatever we call it this this energy about us that is always talking to us and and if we're paying attention and we're in the present moment and we're just being everything is so i want to say it is magical things make sense but on a day where i let my thoughts go way too far in the wrong direction nothing makes sense and that's when i could say to myself what's the use why even bother and uh, but there, there is something magical about when all your your chakras are spinning and you just you're just being and it, it, it feels, it feels light. That's for sure. Uh, is that how it feels to you? Sorry, I missed that. Does, so when you say, um, I say expand your light, everything will be all right. But when you say you are the light, is that what it is when you're just being, you're just the light? Yes, because biologically we are, we are made of light. There are instruments which show every cell is radiating luminescence by bio bio I forget what the, the technical <laughs> term it is, bioluminescent uh, things. I call them lumitrons. Okay. Um, and the more light you have in consciousness, the more the light runs manifest in your cellular system and the healthier you become and the beauty of it is that bio it's bioluminous or whatever i i find that on the beach here and people are always like amazed how i do it and one time i was swimming but i was in such a good space and everything was just it was flowing and i swam and i looked like an angel out in the dark because you have to do it at dark but you could just see the light and it was almost addictive uh and i think that's another thing that 
when people are lit up like children, it's 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 like a, an attraction, and people are attracted to that. But it's also important that people have their own light. And of course, that, that, was, uh, that leading a horse to water and not able to make it drink. That this is the frustration. We want to help people to open up, but uh, they're really not ready until they want to. And I think I've been saying for, gosh, forever, because I don't have a television, is, you know, your, your uh, Roush Chakra, it, 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 it closes when you see ugly things. And nature is the easiest way to open it. It's kind, it's loving, it's, it's perfect in all forms. And, and watching television in the morning or at night before bed is the worst thing you can do. It just, it just like, I, I'll hit my forehead. I just, you know, when I walk by something like that and people, you know, who've been watching it at home for a year and not out and about in nature. And that's concerning to me. So if I say anything, just, you know, turn off the television, <laughs> your thoughts on that. Yeah, well, absolutely. Because it programs your, your, your brain memory for the night and gives you disturbed sleep and uh, not going out is diminishing your capacity for absorbing vitamin D, which is killing off people because you need as much vitamin D on every cell of your body uh, to offset any disease or virus that is likely to infest you. And we have to, sunlight, oxygen, fresh air, all these things are free. <laughs> you know, if you can't get, you know, I know a lot of people, I've been talking to people all over the world and they're unable to leave their homes. And so those are the things that concern me because mother nature is the cure. It's, it, it's always been the cure and getting back to mother nature and the food, uh, you know, less chemicals. I'll just say that less, less chemicals. How's that? <laughs> but, uh, Absolutely. But yeah. Well, if the if big farmer can't make money out of it, then they're going to ban it. <laughs> and that's what I wanted. I, you know, I've done multiple shows on, you know, people, you know, going somewhere to be taken off their medic, uh, their alcohol problems or addictions, and then they're medicated, you know, with 13, 14 drugs. Uh, you just, you can't live that way. Um, and I, I don't even like to talk about big pharma because it just makes me so sad that how many people I love are, you know, taking 10 medications. So that's the last thing I'm going to say on that, because I want to lift everybody's spirits. Uh, I want to thank you so much for being on the show, Maz. Uh, Maz's book is Secrets of the Sage. Oh, uh, you are the light, Secrets of the Sages Made Simple. And your website is, uh, what is your website? www.muzmurray.com. Very simple. Muzmurray.com. And your book's on Amazon. But uh, what's your Facebook page? Um, I think if you just put Mus Murray, uh, you'll find it. Yes, yes, and I, I again, I, I was reading. I'm reading your book, and I'm almost done right there at the end. But I'm kind of savoring it because uh, it helps me through the day. But watching your videos made me happy, so I want to thank you again. Oh yes, well that that is um, Mus Murray's inner garden page. Yes, I love it. So like That's that. It. Uh, so thank you so much for joining me, and we will talk soon again, you and I. Yes, please. <laughs>
Well, I want to invite everyone to go to Lift Your Spirits with Dina Marie Patreon. I'm doing Our Energy Matters Community teaching classes every Wednesday, and I'm inviting people here to Woodby Island to uh, hang out with me for a four-hour retreat, do the labyrinth, sunset, uh, listen to some birds, and just be. How's that? So it's Dina at dina-marie.com if you want to see about uh, that or reach out to me on Facebook, Lift Your Spirits with Dina Marie. And we're going to end the show with Dreamer in the Deep, Clint McEwen, clintmcewenmusic.com. Thank you, Benny, for everything. Round.